Can you do your warm up noises? One, two, one, two, one. We didn't do our warm up. We didn't do our warm up bit. Uh, uh, so one to ten. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one, Six. four. Three, two, one, five. five. Perfect. We're on sync. Welcome, everybody, to Survivor Series Episode 2. This is us reviewing Season 45, Episode 2 of Survivor. I'm Ryan Knightsey, and with me, as always, is the beautiful, the lovely Jesse Dubiaski. Jesse, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Just all right? Just all right. Coffee hasn't hit yet, but we're getting into it, and I'll be doing fantastic before you know it. Yeah, I think I think you will be doing fantastic before we know it. It's only a matter of time before we figure that out. Um, this episode, I think, was way better than episode one. I think there was some characters more uh, defined. There was um, already major character well. development. You can't expect much from the first episode. It's the pilot episode. Think of it like the pilot. It's like you're introducing an entire new cast and show, and it's gonna it's gonna come off like a pilot. You're not gonna get a lot of in depth information about everybody. All right. So yeah, uh, there was yeah major character development, and I should expect some stuff from episode one. I think episode one was just like a lot of bad gameplay and then like a horrendous yeah. tribal ca- council they can't really help that this is really like the first episode of the season this was really like let's get into it they could have knowing what was happening added anything to that episode that would have been better apparently as i read after the fact there were things added to that first episode that they just Cut completely because well, it was useless. Yeah, well, because some of them were pointless. But I'm saying, like, they kind of did the best with what they were dealt because they had a lot yeah. riding on these, like, new twists and stuff as the interest for the episode. Yeah. I think- but when you have the stars of the episode being the tribe that lost, right? And two of them are crying, which, like, And the whole I episode is ultimately leading to one person essentially quitting. Right. And, like, so all these things that you were expecting to be the highlights of that episode, you can't use anymore. Yeah. Because they don't matter. Yeah. So, like, I get it. It's not really... I think they did the best with what they were handed, to be honest. Because you don't know that that's... Like, they don't know... They've built all these things, like, mini twists into the first episode. But, like, again... They don't really know until like they start shooting it yeah. that Hannah's gonna quit. That's reality television for yeah. you, baby. So they, did, I think they did the best with what they were given. Yeah, but I think this episode's way better. I think this was a better like pilot sort of episode. We sort of get into more of these characters. We see a you know because of the expanded time length of all these episodes, going from an hour to ninety minutes, we got a lot more camp life, um, and. And I thought that was useful. We got a lot more like interesting developments in terms of idols and advantages. Um, and like I said, massive character development, which we'll get to. Um, so I guess without further ado, let's get into it. Do you say without further ado? Further ado? Oh. 
further Freddy Adu. Uh, this was episode two of Survivor season 45, brought a bazooka to a tea party. Do you recall who said that? Uh, Emily. Correct. Uh, I wanted to know if we could name this episode Brando's Bando Gets Him the Ladies. <laughs> I would say yes if you can change ladies to like something that rhymes with Brando and Bando. Gets him the... It's not, there's nothing really. I was going to say himbo, but that really describes no. guys. There's probably uh, a female version of himbo. Uh-oh. My phone went off. Uh, Brando's Bando gets him... Okay, y'all uh, are tasked to help us name this episode. Brando's Rando Bando. Brando's Bando gets him the randos. No, I feel like that's deri- I feel like that's that offensive. Is derivative. Not derivative, <laughs> offensive. but I think it's like offensive. But it rhymes. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. Um, so, uh, post Hannah vote, we're at Lulu. Everyone is still processing Hannah leaving. Uh, Sean says that he sees them as the Lulu Lemons, and they need fire. He is his big thing at the top, stop of this episode is we need fire. It's nighttime. We're all cold. We want fire or whatever. We need food to eat. Uh, and I want to eat. We need to eat fire. So that obviously involves him needing wins. Um, Emily apologizes for coming hard. Uh, she didn't quite realize how hard she was coming at Pia, people. Sabaya says she was offended by what Emily was saying and doing. Emily says that she feels gaslit right now. Cause, That's not what gaslighting is, girlfriend. Because she thought she was being gunned down. Do you want to elaborate on that? Well, like... Someone telling you, like, I was offended by what you said is not gaslighting you, right? Like, she's not straight up saying, like, you offended me and I did nothing wrong. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, but, like Emily's perception of what happened is is not what happened. Yeah. But maybe Sabaya's perception of what happened is also not what happened. But, like, the fact that Sabaya says, I feel this way. And Emily's response is, you're gaslighting me. Is like, that's, not, that's, that's more that. like you're on the road to gaslighting Sabaya that like Sabaya doesn't actually feel that way. You're trying to convince a person that they don't feel that way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, Emily, Emily is that's actually the one doing the gaslighting here in this moment. It's like they could both be right. You could both be offended because it's your feelings. Yes. Sabaya expressing her feelings Contrary to what you thought they were, as, doesn't as, mean that she's gaslighting you. As much as it upsets you that you yeah. were the... It, and I think that's also the thing is that, like, it, no one wants to be the bad guy. And I think these terms have given a lot of people who are the bad guys an ability to soften their blows or something. Or come more to a defensive. Well, I just think it's used, it's, it's used to a point where, like, I don't think people... Because I think there is a lot of, like, gaslighting in our culture, especially, like, right now. But... Sure. I think that people don't. That's what they want. You, that's what they want you to think. Right. I think people use it. I really like myself for that. In dude. the right word, it's like you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Yeah. Uh, but like the fact that she's baffled that she was offended by Sabaya, mm-hmm. and Sabaya says, "I felt offended by you," 
And she's like, that can't be possible because I was the one being attacked. No, you could both be offended by what each other is saying. Yeah. You could have both attacked each other. Yeah. That's possible. Yeah. It, it is It is acknowledging... It is... it By saying in this moment that I'm being gaslit or whatever, and, and what she's ultimately saying is that she's denying... She's true. She she started by saying apologizing for coming hard and attacking people, but then backtracks immediately by basically denying the fact that Sabia says she was offended. Yeah, like she she is she's like oh I'm being and like she's she's it feels like she's her makes her apology hollow by saying oh my. I, I was just I was apologizing just to apologize. Yeah. And it could be that that's what like the editors were trying to do. True. That they true, true, cut true. around the context of like maybe there was more said that made it feel like gaslighting. But as we but do the on this it, as we do on this show, we only read what's on the page. Right. We we do not look at anything beyond the beyond the pale. But it's like if you're going off of that being told that somebody felt offended by what you said like it's not gaslighting. Sabia and Emily eventually reach an impasse. Uh, Sabia says that Emily doesn't understand how she's been coming across to the rest of the tribe. Yeah. Uh, Emily says in an interview that her strategy blew up. Still, uh, still not entirely sure what her strategy was, episode one. Bulldozer. Bulldozer. She, seems she to was be like, the I best. couldn't make inroads. You didn't even try to make inroads. You went straight to bulldoze. You she said, forced Fuck inroads. that shit. I'm just going to tear them up. Uh, there goes, love- there goes our, our uh, explicit rating. Sorry. <laughs> you can censor me. Uh, I love Sophia's response to like, I can't help how I feel, just like you can't help what you say. But no, but like that is... I mean, it's accurate, very, but it was just that's so a very, cutting. It's it a very accurate, was, accurate dunk. It was so cutting and so true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a very accurate dunk. That's a very good dunk. I'm here for it. <laughs> um, moving on to Reba uh, next morning at Reba. Uh, Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre. Um, Sifu says Reba is a winning tribe, wants to help his bo- mind, body, and soul by being on this island. Uh, Sifu then tells the rest of the tribe that he used to punch trees as a kid, in which the, the response was, man, you're just like an anime person, are you? And recall, no, you are the you are like a real life anime. You're a real life anime, which again, the thing that he stated in his opening thing that I th- still think is funny is that you cannot tell uh, that he he believes that you can't tell he's into anime. Based, it's like, dude, we're all no one's judging you for liking anime. No, we are judging you for saying that no one can tell. It's a bl- it's so blatantly <laughs> obvious. <laughs> It's incredibly blatantly obvious. Um, Jay Maya says, we hear a little bit more from Jay Maya this episode. Not a lot, but a little bit. Jay Maya wants advantages, so she tries to crack the Reba sign code without the cipher. Of course, that's the cipher that Austin received in his Beware Advantage. So she's looking at the sign. She's trying to figure it out. She's working with Drew on it, um, seeing if they can try to figure out whatever the code says. But they can't quite figure out what it's supposed to be because, again, they don't have the cipher. Who does? Austin. Austin uses the cipher and he solves it. He puts the cipher up to a specific section of the sign and it reads, Dig at the fallen palm tree X. So, presumably, wherever his idol is at, it is next to or dig or it is un- underground at a fallen palm tree. 
just a matter of where that is. Back from commercial, at Bellow, Bruce makes a fire. Good for him. Jake says, uh, and everyone loves him for this, Jake really loves Bruce. He says they call him Uncle Bruce. He's hilarious. He's he's later, the, I just heard our fans possibly breaking something in the other room. Quick intermission. Uh, um, I was cons- Enjoy, Ryan, uh, while I go investigate the broken glass. Uh, our cats are, I mean, our fans are mongrels um i love them they're just mongrels um jake says that he calls them uncle bruce as he's hilarious later in the episode i believe jake said that bruce has like 25 times the amount of charisma like jake's in love with bruce uh, that's that i believe that's what jeff described as the new romance on the show um bruce says that the uncle bruce bit and the character is working but he wants to be a hard ass to uh, his tribe he wants to go out there and say hey you got to do this and before you can do all and before you have all this fun we got to do this but he wants to be uncle bruce so he can garner favor um and it's seemingly working did our cats break everything in the world just she gets the microphone no but somehow they got a brass candlestick from the living room all the way to the kitchen and that's what that noise was. Interesting. I, I don't know. Were they like playing soccer with it or something? I don't know. Potentially. That's I was talking impressive. about how much how much the Blue Tribe loves Bruce, unlike oh Katora, who doesn't really like Bruce's explanations or the Uncle Bruce character, says that he's been playing up being a celebrity after his first Survivor run and talking about how like he became like an online meme and... Uh, and becoming like an online meme and meeting all these other Survivor players and whatnot and how he's becoming a little bit of celebrity. But according to Katora, she didn't say this, and maybe she should have, uh, but according to Katora, it seems that for Bruce, all of this is going to his head. Yeah, I'm, on, I'm, a, I'm on, a little I, down with that. I don't think you appreciated my joke. For, for Bruce, oh. all of it's going to his head. Enjoy this brief intermission while I do another one. <laughs> another one. Um, so, what, what do you think about Bella and Uncle Bruce? Uh, I don't know how. Like, okay, I like maybe how, it's because I like my how... bullshit meter is like really low. Like, I feel like I feel like Katara in this. I'm like, dude, let me do let me do one thing. Yeah. Just just leave me alone. Like let me do a thing. You know, like the father Bruce part. But I think partly because again, like we've come back to this is like I'm used to like mostly men interjecting themselves and telling me what to do when it's like my job to do something. Yeah. Uh and so my meter like my tolerance for that is very low, even if it's like not necessarily in a work setting, even if it's like in a dad mode, mm-hmm. my tolerance for it is very low. So I don't know, maybe maybe that's just me, but like I'm 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 with Katora unless cuz like he's and also because he says I don't want to be dad Bruce, I want to be cool uncle Bruce. Yeah. The fact that you have to say that means that you know in your heart that you're dad Bruce and you're trying to force yourself to be uncle Bruce, but you're not being uncle Bruce. You're being dad Bruce. Well, I you're think, like Uncle Bruce that also has kids, so you're still in dad mode. But I think he is—he has chosen that part of his social game is to put on the character of Uncle Bruce. But he's not. No, he says that he is. He says that the Uncle Bruce character is working. 
Like, so he understands that the Uncle Bruce character is working and that he wants to be more of a hard-ass to the rest of these people and he wants to be Dad Bruce, but he is actively making the choice to be Uncle Bruce part of his social game. That being said, seemingly Katora is the only one that recognizes and sees, sees through the character and recognizes that he is... Uncle Bruce is just a character and he's annoying one at that. Um, but it's not. Like... Because he did this last season, the brief time that he was there, he does take over and, like, yeah. that's, I think, what Katura's saying is, Uncle like, Bru- he well, says he's Uncle Bruce, Uncle right? Uncle Bruce is very thin of a character. And everybody's infatuated with the Uncle Bruce that they don't see that he's actually still Dad Bruce. Yeah. And she sees Dad Bruce more than she sees Uncle Bruce. She sees the character. And also... She sees through the character. Through the character. The actual person. Because Bruce. he still is micromanaging everybody. Yep. And he's like, you know, it's like. He's huffing his own farts is what he's doing. Yeah. And, and that I, gets old really quick. And I think. Nobody likes being told what to do mm-hmm. or that the thing that they are actively doing to do that. Like, All no it, one likes to be micromanaged. All it takes is for the Bellow tribe to realize what he's doing for it to all crumbling, to all go crumbling down. Like, it, it, it is a... The Uncle Bruce character is a Jenga tower that Katora is slowly taking away piece by piece. It's just a matter of, will the rest of the Bellow tribe help her in that endeavor? Yeah, I mean, just wait for one person from their tribe to get voted off, and then if he's still there, they'll it'll be a lot more obvious. Exactly. At Lulu, uh, Emily is looking for advantage. Uh, she, of course, feels that her life was in line the night before, so she needs to look for advantage. Everyone knows what she is doing and also start looking for idols, but they start looking in pairs. Uh, Brandon comments that Emily is public enemy number one. Speaking of pairs, Sabia goes to pair up with Emily, and Emily just says, No, I'm good. I don't really want to pair. You can kind of do your own thing. I'm just going to keep looking for it by myself. Well, she's it's, like, I know you're babysitting me. Yeah. She she essentially calls out the fact that I know you're babysitting me. And I know that this whole thing is to try to dissuade me from finding something. But I need to be by myself and do these things. Which, like... I don't disagree I think with her. we've been dunking on Emily's social game of, like... I think she's... She's... But she's... This partly comes... Because she's an analyst, right? Yeah. She's so good at, I think, analyzing the situation that is presented to her. Yeah. But not how she is involved. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's good at at recognizing when people are bullshitting her. Yes. And she's good at at picking up on what the tribe is doing around her. Yes. Like, like, in regards to her. I think it's when it becomes her active role in the situation is where she fails. Or failed initially. She's doing better, as we see in the rest of this episode. She does make strides to try and be better at that. And to be more aware of what her role is in all these situations. But, like, her initial reaction of, oh, you're bullshitting. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Is spot on. Like, she knows what's happening around her. She just doesn't know how she interacts with all that. By... There there is something inevitable... Not inevitable. There is something that... Color comes across by being the analysis person of a friend group or whatever is it can it is very easy to fall into the 
lonely part of it because analysis for the most part is to step away from something and to look at everything and look at yeah. all the thing you're talking about it's really hard to be very analytical and being very analytical about people and their motivations while also being a part of that yeah group. it's like she's forgetting to count herself yes. in the data because she's not completely an outsider i mean she is an outsider but she's involved in these situations and she's not recognizing her role or like what she's doing and yeah. how that's affecting the group that or, being said, or the social situations. But when things are happening or said to her or happening around her, she knows what's going on. That being said, her hunting idols, I think she should be doing it by herself. I, I know I've, there's she something. She shouldn't be doing it by herself? No, she should be doing oh, it by yeah. herself. I, she, there's no reason. She understands what's happening here, but also it's like, no, I. I, I there's been such a thing about this new season about using honesty to convey loyalness and do all this stuff, but it really feels like everyone does that, uh, and I feel like we lose a little bit of that secrecy and lose a little bit of that knowledge is power gimmick that Survivor has. Um, so it's like, no, what Emily is like, I'm already at the chopping block. If if I if I know I'm safe, then I know I'm safe. If everyone knows I'm safe then they might just vote for me and I have to use my idol and then they'll vote out me next time or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, no, I, I, I have to wait. Um, so b eventually people look around and Brandon finds the idol. Just kidding. He finds a beware advantage, just like Austin. Uh, he, in Brandon fashion, true Brandon fashion, doesn't want it. <laughs> he to be fair. Doesn't want to play the game. And instead, he gives it to Sabaya. And Sabaya accepts the beware It's not advantage. he doesn't want to play the game. And here's the thing. I think that that's my frustration with this current season series of, of the Survivor. new era. That I think I might like the old ones a little bit. Not taking an idol yeah. is playing the game. Sure. Because... Or, the, or, the, or in this case, the Survivor is about making choices, right? It's Everyone's like, it's about taking risks. Yes. It is. It's also about knowing when to not take risks. True. And I think if you're the type of person that never takes a risk, I think that's one thing. If you're the person that always takes a risk because you're like, neither of those are really strategy. Those are both passive. Yeah. I'm always going to take the risk or I'm never going to take the risk. It's about balancing and like knowing when to take a risk. And I think that like this idea that if someone doesn't take an idol that they're not playing the game, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. That's fair. Because I think that that's part of his strategy is I can't risk my vote right now. Which is completely fair. And he does explain that, that he doesn't yeah. want to risk his vote and everything. But, and, and then he votes. also does take the risk later. True. So it's like he's making decision, a series of decisions. He's not just always taking the risk. That's fair. And I think that's a, a fair, uh, fair rose to give to Brandon. Not saying that they're always the right decision, but I'm just saying you can't. When, when I, someone doesn't take the idol, it's not necessarily that they're not playing the game. I think it's more, it more says, more, it, it says more about Brandon in the sense of like, there is a strategic element that Brandon is playing in terms of risk assessment um, and when he should take risks and when he shouldn't. Um, the problem is, is that he doesn't have the skills to properly back that up. As we, talking will, about how <laughs> as we will get oh, to. Brandon. He seems, okay. At this point in the episode, yes, he seems to be doing better. He seems to be, well, both physically and physically and emotionally, he's got more confidence. It feels like I do think, like he's not, and I hate to say it, he's not great. Like this game was not made for him, 
But like he, and I'm proud of him. He stuck through that nightmare of a day. Yeah. And then Hannah's gone, right? The person he, he connected with, I feel like the most in his tribe. Yeah. Is gone. And he stuck it through what? Like he made it like five days? Yes. Yeah. Like he pushed through. And I, I think he did a lot better this episode. He seemed to like I think removing, be more in it. I think removing Hannah from the situation allows for less complaining from Brandon. Like it was his pathway to complain about the game because Hannah was upset about it. It's like when you have someone that hates their job at work, it's very easy to like have constant complaining sessions well, with them. Um, it's partly a good thing, but it's also like, you know, you're, you're always focusing on the negative of things. I would argue that Hannah was complaining and Brandon was venting. Fair. And, that, and I, th- and I agree. he still wanted to be there. I, I agree. And he just needed to let it out. And I feel like he was going through a lot and he just needed to let it out. And he, like, had a freaking panic attack and almost passed out in the water. Like, I think he had a valid reason to be complaining, if you will. Hannah was the one who was like, I just want to sleep in a bed. And, I and like, I think she, like, again, also valid that, like, she doesn't, she didn't realize how much it would affect her and that she yeah. didn't want to be there. And good for her for, like, taking herself out of the game and not taking someone else's spot. But I think she was complaining. I think Brandon was more just needed to let it out. My point there is that I think Brandon in that moment maybe thought that Hannah was also venting, but instead she was truly complaining and truly wanted to leave. In that case, my my I'm, I feel like in that case, for Brandon, it became an unhealthy way to vent. Yeah, like a crutch kind of. It, it became a little bit of a crutch to to do all these negative things because it was a person that was actually taking the negative things to heart she was enabling yes in a lot of ways so him, him her being not putting himself fully into it correct and i think her being gone has given him that crutch gone and he's been able to step yeah. up better. which i'm not saying that all his problems are gone like he might still have anxiety and might still have all these problems but like he's still able to work through them for a couple more days yeah and i'm i'm proud of him go brandon well Whoops. <laughs> Can you cut that out? <laughs> no, that actually let's duplicate it. Let's Can let's you, do it more. Can you take that out? Let's go, Brandon. No. Woo. <laughs> uh so Sabia gets uh Brandon's found beware advantage. She opens it up. So that means by having that beware advantage, she loses her vote. Her first task is to take a piece of parchment that has a hole in it. But let's be real. Sabia Sabia? Sabia doesn't need her vote. No. Uh, she it has to take a parchment, a parchment over the tribe flag as a hole in the parchment, and that will give a location to where the idol is. Uh, Sabaya does so and goes looking with Brandon. Um, they get to a tree in the forest, and Brandon makes a sort of tabletop, revealing he has scoliosis. Yeah. Steps on the back of the man with scoliosis. Um, scoliosis. What is he doing? Just another physical ailment just, <laughs> this man But, has. like, why do you just kneel down and go, sure, step on my back. By the way, I've got scoliosis. What? Yeah. Try to give her a boost another way. Let her step on your knee or something. What are you doing? Or do the hand do thing. Do the hand thing. What yeah. are you doing, man? Uh, Sabaya can't get uh, or can't get anything. She they ultimately can't find it. She tells Caleb and Sean about the idol. Uh, they look as well, and they can't find it. So there's an uh, idol somewhere on this tree or in this tree, and they can't not find it. Yeah. Um. 
Mr. Scoliosis, another physical ailment. But also along like telling Caleb and and Sean, like they make that like four person alliance with Lulu. And this is the, does, does it really count if you only have five people and you make a four person alliance and you're also probably going to go to tribal again? Yeah. Like a four person alliance in a five person tribe is not really an alliance. Yeah. Because it only works for one more tribal, which you're probably going to. It just seems it just seems funny to me when people do that. I'm like, okay, so you make this four person alliance knowing that you are actively going to betray that alliance because there's five of you. In theory, yes. So like it's kind of a wash of an alliance, in my opinion. I think also it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if Sabia didn't get the beware advantage from Brandon. Like, instead, if he put it back or gave it to, like, Caleb or something. Mm. Because Sabia... Well, but she didn't want Emily to find it. So they had to take it. True. But my point but is... who if, could if, have opened it? Yes. You're saying someone different? Yes. If, if Caleb was with Brandon and not Sabia. I think that there's an interesting point there. Um, just because it's like Sabaya, it really becomes like the connecting point for the, these four people. Um, and this idol hunt becomes the connecting point for this, this alliance here. Um, and ultimately as as we've realized more in this episode that she is sort of now in the, in control of her tribe. Um, and she's in the leader position and as a leader position, she is the person that like really doesn't like Emily and really gunning for Emily the entire time. So I would have I would have been interested to see what had happened. It also before. is going to be interesting to see like moving forward if Sabaya digs her heels in and like continues that riff with Emily. Yeah. Or if she starts to work with Emily because I think that's where it's going to become a problem. Is like if they if Sabaya like really digs her heels in and is like fuck no I'm not with Emily anymore. Uh, that's going to divide their four-person tribe, spoiler alert, four-person tribe, a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm curious to see, I don't think that would be in her best interest to, like, not work with Emily moving yeah. forward. I so agree. So we'll see. I'm curious. We get some camp life at Reba. Uh, Dee reveals that her big toe is massive compare- in comparison to the rest of her toes. Um, and I think I honestly thought she was exaggerating. No, she took her sock off. <laughs> it was, it was insane. Uh, Sifu questions if any of them would be friends in real life, uh, which Julie responds with maybe with my kids. And she sort of reveals to the interview that she is very much leaned into the mama role of Reba's tribe um, and that she is sort of aligning herself with D, uh, but she is also trying to align herself with Drew who ultimately accepts it because, as Julie says, she's trying to align herself with Drew because he reminds her of his of her son. Um, and so she is playing the mom, and she is trying to kind of baby him a little bit. Uh, Drew happily accepts it, and they form a new group, a new alliance on Reba between Julie, Drew, Dee, and Austin. Um, Interesting. Julie is the one that kind of forms this alliance, uh, but it ultimately, as the episode goes on, it feels like they kind of s- suggesting that Drew has the most uh, power of this alliance, um, especially since he ultimately wins an advantage. Um, at Lulu, Emily is on the outs, and Caleb is the one that finally connects with her. He wants 
he actively says that he wants to nurse her to become a better player. That right now she is a bad player. And that he wants her to at least become a better player, a good player. Uh, a player that recognizes what they're doing wrong and how they can fix things. Which, to me, this whole thing showcases how great of a strategy and social player that Caleb is. Yeah, if you can bring the isolated player back into the tribe... Or at least like form an alliance and work with the isolated player and like get other people on board. Like they, they can be insanely loyal to you. Yeah, but that's also like just really good strategic game. Yeah, like that you can just I, like align yourself with this person and then also convince other people that like, hey, Emily's not so bad anymore. Yeah, he's using his fantastic... And she listens to him, too. And she listens to him. And so he's using his fantastic social game here uh, to potentially further his strategic game moving down the line. Yeah. But also good for seen. Emily for like swallowing her pride a little bit and being like, you're right, like I do need your help because... I'm clearly bulldozing this situation. Yes. And he, and, goes like, a, and he goes about it a better way. He, and not thinking... Yeah. He does He does go about it a great he, way. He doesn't go up to her and say, this is what you're doing wrong. This is how you're screwing right. up. This is what you need to do. He's like, this is where you are at. Yeah. And this is like not where you have to be. And, and saying phrases, I want to help you. Yeah. And like, good for her for accepting the help and yeah. saying like, you know, like, I, I do need a little bit of help. Yeah. She, and she, recognizing that she... Clearly doesn't have a full understanding of the situation, but she knows that she's not handling it correctly. Yeah, she she ends up reflecting on her conversation with Caleb. She goes to apologize with Sabaya. She starts opening up more with everyone else, or at least to get clips of that. Um, she gets very emotional this episode as well. Uh, truly a very humbling moment for Emily. Uh, and she really reflects on how much like this that first episode really made her way more aggressive than she wants to be even. Uh, and it, she was kind of astounded by herself of how that, how much that is, that affected her, um, and that you know how she has to sort of be that way, being a stock analysis in real life, um, but coming into this episode is like she needs to be like I still need to be around people and be, do these things, and I need to be a better person at camp, and I yeah. need to just be a better person. Um, and it's truly a humbling moment for her, I yeah. think, at this, this point. And I Caleb, that's a good point. Her. Good on Caleb to uh, to initiate that. Yeah. Good for Caleb for how he approached it. Good for Emily for accepting it. Yeah. And I think that was the start of her turnaround. Like, I really think that, like, this is going to be good for her. Depending, seeing how far this continues, uh, it could do well for Emily. It remains to be seen, but yeah. we'll see it. Uh, a boat arrives at all the camps. One person is said to go on the boat to go on a journey. Uh, this is a thing that's shown up across multiple seasons now. So Drew goes from Reba. Uh, Bruce goes from Bello. And Brandon uh, goes from Lulu. Emily really wanted to go because she understood that she was at, uh, at a disadvantage or everything. Uh, but what? ultimately they decide that Brandon should go. And Emily makes a comment. Sort of like how, you know, she really hoped that she wanted to go. And I think she sort of reflected on the idea that she has made inroads of people, but ultimately she still doesn't have people's trust. But here's the thing. I think, what do you need more? Because uh, you know going on this journey that if you get an advantage, you probably have to risk your vote, right? Yeah. She can't afford to not have a vote. There's only so far... F well, she doesn't know about Sabaya. Yeah. But... She can't afford to risk her vote. 
if she loses this challenge or whatever, doesn't get the reward. Is it better, is it in her best interest to leave camp when she's starting to make inroads with people to try and get a reward that, like, I don't know, could... She's also trying to build trust with people, and, like, there's going to be some distrust when she comes back to camp, no matter what. Um, and I feel like yeah, there's this an ar- is more useful time for her to, like, build relationships with them. Yeah. Because she doesn't necessarily have to be at the bottom. Yeah. Brandon's going to lose the challenge. Like, she doesn't know that yet, but, like, he's kind of on the bottom. He, he, I think she knows that he's still on the bottom. Yeah, and I just think based on his performance in the previous day, like she probably wants to take the risk and have the sure thing of like having an advantage, but it's n- it's not a sure thing. Yeah, she might take the risk and not win, and then she doesn't have a vote. She doesn't have an advantage, and now she's in a worse spot. Now she's an easy target. Yeah, you know. Plus, she like you said, by her not having trust yet. No matter what happens, she comes back, people are going, especially Sabia, is going to assume she's lying. Yeah. So, it, it, unless she fully is honestly tells them, this is what I have. Um, which, whether or not Emily would have done that, un, unclear. Um, so, Drew mentions that this whole journey thing of Brandon and Bruce, he sees this as a networking opportunity. Of course it does. Uh, What's Bru- his major? Uh, I don't know business? what his major Yeah, probably. He has, a, he has a business bro vibe. Um Bruce, uh, you know, they talk about camp life at everyone's camps. Didn't Drew doesn't really explain what happened to his, or at least we don't see that clip. Uh, but Bruce says, because this is all, this whole thing is from Drew's perspective. Uh, Bruce says that his camp is sort of slow at getting up, but they're going well. Uh, and Brandon said that he personally had a rough start, but really Emily is the one at the bottom. Um, really selling Emily at the bottom. Uh, Drew doesn't really, Drew really appreciates that Brandon is telling them everything about their camp life and he's really telling the whole camp dynamic and he doesn't like that the the lack of info that he's getting from Bruce yeah. and just sort of the cold shoulder from Bruce. So he sort of sees that as like, if Brandon can make it, then, you know, I see this as a networking opportunity. Ultimately, he kind of failed that networking opportunity, but that's not his uh, his choice here. Do you think, okay, two things, two comments on this situation. One, I love how, at least what they show is they say get to know each other, and they get to know each other's tribes instead of the actual people. Sure. Of like, hey, what are you like for later, you know? Um, just interesting to me how like, and this might be a dude thing, I don't know, because I don't have much to compare it to of like if there were like all women groups that like did this, but uh, it might be a dude thing of like, what's going on in your camp? What's going on in your camp? Instead of being like getting to know each other. Um to know how, like, the other person might integrate later into the merge. I don't know. Uh, the other thing is, do you think Bruce was vague because he doesn't want to give away information? Like, he actively doesn't? Or do you think that he knows that he might be part of the problem at camp and he didn't want to let on that? Like, he didn't know how to no, throw I... anybody else under the bus or do you think he just was trying to be vague as to not give up i think any he just is trying to not give up any information okay i don't i don't i don't think bruce i think bruce thinks he's in charge of the camp and he's perfectly safe because everyone likes uncle bruce okay. i think i think that's what I, he thinks yeah that i don't i i think so i think he is just sort of not giving information just to sort of protect the that information 
So we get to the puzzle for some advantages. Uh, you basically are given a bag full of tiles. All those tiles on the back of them have lines. The lines uh, match up to another pair of tiles. So you have to match all the pairs. And once you do all that, you will get three extra that don't have matches, that don't have pairs. Uh, flip those three tiles over. There's numbers on there. Um, you use that number to get the code, to open up a puzzle box, uh, rip open the key, and then your advantage lies inside. Ultimately, Bruce does not play this game. He's not going to risk his vote. He really could have. If he was so confident, maybe there's something there that you were suggesting. that You know, if he's so confident that Uncle Bruce is in the lead, he really could have, uh, I think. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I think he could have. I think he's, if he's in, the, yeah, you're right. If he's in the position he thinks he is, why not risk your vote? He did say ultimately that he's bad at puzzles, so maybe that's maybe the that's thing. Maybe that's why. Uh, so then Drew and Brandon play. Um, the big thing here is that they're both working on it. They're pairing up numbers. Brandon, seemingly, at least in the edit, gets his numbers done first. Uh, and he starts working on the puzzle. And then Drew gets his numbers done second. Uh-oh. Drew has different numbers than Brandon. So the question is... One of these people are wrong, or both of them is wrong. And of course, they also have a three-minute sand timer right next to them. Um, so they work on the puzzle. They're working on the puzzle. They're sliding all the numbers around. Uh, and ultimately, Drew gets it. Brandon is out of time. Uh, so Brandon loses his vote and wins nothing. This is his second puzzle that he felt very confident in. Uh, he did say, going like in the interview... If I can't do this, I don't belong on the island. Yes, right before he started doing this and yeah. losing. Um, so he loses his vote and wins nothing. Drew also loses his vote, uh, I believe. And I actually don't remember if he loses his vote now. No, uh, Drew got it. He, yeah, no, but I couldn't remember if you also lose your vote. You only lose your it. vote if you don't get it. Perfect. So he gets. So all he gets is an advantage. Uh, which is a safety without... you risk your vote. You don't... It's not... You lose your votes. You risk your vote. Good point. So Drew gets a safety without power advantage. I believe that's the first time we hear about this thing. Basically, the advantage is that uh, before... At Tribal Council, before the vote takes place, Drew can leave um, the Tribal Council. Uh, his vo- He won't be able to vote, but he would have any... He would not be eligible for votes on him. So it is kind of an idle play um, without voting and really ultimately what the vote comes down to. Um, so it, it, I think that's interesting. I, th- I like that advantage. I have nothing against really that advantage. I think that's a solid one. Back from commercial, at Lulu, Brandon tells them he lost the puzzle challenge and Sean starts questioning Brandon's strength. Again, Brandon... Should sta- he have told them he didn't get it? Should he have just said he didn't do it? In hindsight, yes. Do you tell your tribe you failed at yet another puzzle? I don't think... I think as we sort of learned through this episode that Brandon, despite saying that his strength is puzzles, thinks that he is just unlucky. Which, yeah. Which is fair, but three... Three. Ultimately, at the end of the episode, three puzzles is not unlucky. That is you bad at it. Watching him do the puzzle in in the end of this episode... He's not good at puzzles, or at least these puzzles. Mm-hmm. It's like 
It's it is actively bad. Either either it's anxiety is and everything and is stressing like, the out so much. Branches need to go this way. It's a tree, and I'm like, oh, Brandon. Either it, it is really it is either that his anxiety and stress are are working against him so poorly that it it takes out all of his advantage and skill at doing puzzles, or he's just actively bad at puzzles. And despite that, puzzles he still think, thinks are his strength. And well, at that point, he's down on Lucky. Three puzzles, you're bad at. Maybe he's really good at puzzles. Maybe he's just not good under pressure. That, I think, is apparent. Because... <laughs> I, think, I think under pressure is because, very Because, like, you guys do puzzles, right? In yeah. your household. In your family. You grow... You do puzzles. Of course. That was a probably relaxing thing for you guys. Uh, except the one time... No. <laughs> uh, there was one time that puzzle wasn't relaxing... Uh, and it wasn't the puzzle you gave me for my birthday. Oh, the Jackson Pollock one with an all-white border? Yes, that was annoying. Uh, it was the my during the snowmageddon in Maryland, uh, where it snowed for pretty much all week, and we had no school for a week. My mom and I worked on a puzzle that was essentially sort of like um, a very zoomed-in uh, picture of like a, some holly branches. Um, so you have the, you know, these green leaves, the sort of brown, dark, you know, green sort of sticks, um, the, the berries, I guess, of hollies, mm-hmm. the red sort of thing. Um, and that, and you know, a lot of it is out of focus because it's a realist, you know, it's an actual picture that took us all week to do because again, so much of it is out of focus. Uh, it literally took my mom off and on the entire week to work on. At the end of it, we both looked at each other and said, that puzzle sucked. Uh, I can't believe we finished it. And then we had a roaring fireplace next to us. And they said, and we looked at each other and said, no other person should do this. And so we both picked up the puzzle and threw it into the fire. So what's the dialogue like when you guys are doing puzzles? Quiet. Exactly. Focused. See, so I feel like that's Brandon's idea of he's good at puzzles, right? My family... It's like a competition at every turn. Yeah. And there can be trash talk. About It's puzzles. also relaxing. But sometimes when you just get in the groove and somebody else is slowing you down, there's a little bit of like a snarky. It. We are all competitive. We're born com- competitors. Okay? Yeah. And puzzles are relaxing. Born and bred To a point. I'll say. But sometimes it's relaxing to be really good at puzzles yeah. in comparison to other people. So I feel like when I would say, if I went on Survivor and I said, puzzles are my thing, I got this. Because I'm like ready to show up people doing a puzzle. And potentially show out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's because puzzles are a competitive sport. Yeah. Yes, they're relaxing and like calming. They're a competitive sport in my family. So I, I think, think Brandon's idea of him being good at puzzles, he might be good at puzzles, but I think like uh, not under pressure. I think it's more so that Brandon is not good at like outdoorsy sort of athletic sort of things. And so like when it comes to that, he's like, I'm good at puzzles. And I think as a content creator, I don't know what content creator means for him. I'm going to guess video games or things of that nature, gaming things. Uh, I assume he might be like a Twitch person. And he did said content creator because they couldn't say Twitch streamer. Um, for copyright things. So he probably means he's good at puzzles because he probably plays video games with puzzles in them. Um, but he also might do puzzles. But I'm saying that there's a very sure. big difference between 
doing a puzzle as a relaxing activity and being fairly good at it and doing a puzzle under pressure. Yeah. But there are people who like the way that their brain works is like actively constantly solving puzzles. Yeah. And I think that's the misconception is like, he may be good at puzzles, but he's not good under pressure, which means he's not good at puzzles under pressure. No. And yes. And so like, I think he probably didn't foresee that about himself. Yeah. Uh, as, uh, he is not good as David Bowie and, um, um, the guy from Queen. <laughs> Freddie Mercury? Freddie Mercury. Uh, I screwed okay. up the joke. The show's I, canceled. I screwed up the joke because I forgot can- Freddie Mercury's name. show is canceled. Ryan doesn't know who Freddie, Freddie Mercury is. I'm not even going to finish my joke. I'm not even going to finish my joke. Uh, we go to Reba. Drew comes back to no one. JK, it's a surprise head rub from his tribe. Doesn't quite understand why they do that. He ultimately thinks that telling the truth is the best thing, so he does that. He tells the entire truth and shows his advantage to his tribe. He explains it and says that, you know, especially after the merge, if we're able to give this to each other, then he thinks that, uh, that he, they can protect a Reba person. That would be good. Uh, Austin tells Drew uh, it, privately against everybody else about his beware advantage. So unlike Drew telling his advantage to everybody, um, Austin tells his advantage to Drew privately. Which um, he opened himself up for that situation really well by like just telling them about his advantage. And he's like, okay, you can trust me. And then that leaves room for people to come up to him and be like, okay, I trust you. Here's yeah. The thing. There's a chance that Austin despite already being kind of an alliance together, there's a chance that Austin would not have shown him or told him about his beware advantage if Drew did not express uh, explicitly tell them about his advantage. So uh, that's uh, yeah. ultimately good play, good gameplay by Drew. Um, at Bello, uh, uh, the girls and Brando do the classy female buff t-shirt to sort of form an alliance. The Buffy, Brando, Buffo, whatever you said before. The Rando, Brando, Brando. Gets him the ladies. Yes. Uh, gets them the randos. Um, we're not saying that. That's offensive. Uh, Jake and Bruce talk about which of them is probably going to go home. Uh, uh, they really think it's a girls' alliance against them. They really talk about which of them are going to go home. They don't necessarily include Brando as part of him. But I also don't know if they're necessarily considering Brando as part of the girls' alliance. Um, they're eventually. They ultimately say they think it's a girls' alliance, and they're going to go for the Do you think they just forgot about Brando? Uh, these macho men, yes. Yeah. Um, Bruce starts talking with Brando uh, because he needs to start working his magic. He starts talking with Brando, talks of Kelly, and sort of creates this other alliance uh, as the boys and Kelly. So Jake, Brando, Bruce, and Kelly. So this means. And this is the first time this season, bringing it back from last time we recorded this show, um, Kelly and Brando are a p- key parts of two alliances. That means they are in the power position. Of course, the power position being any person that is between two alliances and can work all the angles that they can. Who was that in the last... Who was that? A bunch um, of people were like that. It was flopping back and forth all the time last but season. But there was like a key person on the orange team? On Ratu? Uh, potentially. I mean, early on, Carson was in the power position, if we recall. With, yeah. With, uh, and he ultimately decided where that was going to come down to. 
Um, but yeah, we have people in the power position right now with Kelly and Brando. And I know what you're thinking. There are other people that are potentially in power positions. You could argue Caleb is in a power position. Yeah, but when it's four and one, I don't think it counts. I don't count that as a power no. position. You have to have true alliances yeah. formed to get the power position. Not title. everybody, but Emily versus Emily. Yeah. Um, finally, we get to the immunity challenge of the episode. Uh, Bello, and I wrote this down, Bello and Lulu bring their bags to this immunity challenge. Why did they do that? Reba doesn't bring their bags, just Reba's Bello and confident. Lulu. Reba seems confident. Is that why it do was? Do you think, uh, either they're paranoid because of Matt forgetting to bring his bag to travel council, or they're like, hey, we've seen the other seasons. This means we might be the season where weird shit happens. Sure. So let's just bring our bags to tribal or to um, to the challenge. There's definitely and a then reason. Reba's just like too confident because they like win all the time. I guess it's definitely interesting. It's definitely interesting. I don't really know. Maybe it's because of that. Maybe, but it's also like the second immunity challenge. But maybe you never want to, you know, forget that or you know you don't want to take that for granted. It's also interesting at the end of the challenge that they're told to swim home, but they don't swim home with any of their bags. So their bags just go on a boat and then go back with them like you know like they swim back and they don't have any of the stuff so how does that get to them um i like when jeff holds the losers back and then it's like all right swim home and they're just like sauntering to the water yeah also uh, uh swimming is involved in this challenge yes yeah, so let me My describe thought let me describe what this challenge is so you have to swim <laughs> And that's when I wrote down, swimming involved? Lulu's done. Uh, so they have to <laughs> swim. Uh, three people uh, uh, are going to swim to a tower, climb that t- tower's ladder. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, swimming on a ladder. Uh, leap off of a platform and smash a tile. The tile is connected to a key and a little bobble. Pick up that key and bobble. Swim again to do a uh, elevated sort of balance beam situation. Uh, and once those three people complete all of that task, They have three keys. The three keys are then given to the two dry members of their tribes. uh, And those two people are going to then solve a puzzle. Um, The reward is fishing gear. So that's huge, huge reward. The fans are clamoring at the door. Um, Huge, huge thing. uh, There's also a new rule for Survivor that's stated. Uh, Jeff says that... um, uh, of course, since there is a different number of tr- tribes members here, that people have to sit out of Reba and Bello. And he says that the new rule this season and moving forward is that you cannot stand out on back-to-back challenges, period. Is this the Claire rule? This is apparently the Bush girl rule, the uh, Bush girl. seemingly, <laughs> which is how we will refer it to it. Um, so Sifu and Katora sit out. So basically what that means is last season... Uh, especially happened later on when they started separating out the reward challenges and the um, uh, 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 and the um, immunity challenges. But even then, it didn't really matter. Um, you couldn't set out on if they did a reward challenge in the beginning of the day and an immunity challenge late in the day. If you sit out the reward challenge, you can't sit out on the immunity challenge. But if you sit on the immunity challenge, but every day it resets, so you could sit out. You could play in the reward challenge, sit out of the immunity challenge, and then the next morning play out of the reward challenge immediately the next day. So you can constantly always have one person sitting out the same uh, a challenge every single da- time, every single day. And even then, when it's the same challenges over and over again like it is right now, uh, with the reward immunity being combined, 
how it works is they can just sit out challenge after challenge after challenge after challenge, which is what happened with Bush Girl Claire last season. Uh, so this new season is that if you that that day reset rule is gone. It is just you cannot sit out back to back. So Sifu and Katora out this one. They cannot sit out of the next challenge, which I think that's a bold one. I, Sifu seems like a strong guy, so that could hurt Reba next round. And Katora uh, haven't got a full on read on Katora, but that could be hurtful as well to Bello. So that's just something to look at for the next episode. Well, no, that they're not sitting out of those next challenges. Correct. You are correct. They are. Yeah. They're definitely in the next challenges. That's a great point. I confused myself. It's like if Lulu would have to choose, like, say they were sitting someone out. Do we sit out Brandon now because it's a swimming challenge? Yes. Or do we sit him out in the next one if it's like a climbing challenge? Do we sit out Brandon because it's a swimming challenge or do we sit out Brandon because it's a puzzle challenge? These are the questions we have to ask. Um, so they get to the challenge. Uh, everyone nails the smash firsthand. Uh, Jake helps uh, Bello take the lead early on by completing the mm. uh the balance beam first. Uh, Reba ultimately finishes first. He, he does not finish first. He falls. Jake? Yeah. He falls first, but ultimately he's the first person. Uh, I thought D was. With that balance toe. She got that balance big toe. Emily is the first person to complete the balance beam. However, Jake, because he is faster on the balance beam and also can swim faster, I guess, ultimately is the first person that gets to the dock with the puzzle people. Okay, first. that's what you're saying. I'm saying he did not finish the balance beam Correct. first because, okay, Emily yeah. did pretty well, honestly, and D had that balance toe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ultimately, after everyone smashes and grabs and, and swims and runs and balances and all that stuff, Reba finishes first. They get all their three keys first and can start working the puzzle. Uh, Bella was second, but Kendra takes a very big fall off of a balance beam. Oh, that looked like it hurt. I wrote down uh, Kendra's going to be on uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, uh, this, and because of that, ultimately gives Lulu the second place team to get out of the key phase and to start the puzzle phase. So they now have a little bit of advantage. We get to the puzzle. We see that, excuse me, Bello has Kelly and Brando on the puzzle, uh, the power position people. Uh, we have on Reba, we have Julie, and we have Drew, the mother and uh, son team. And then on Lulu, we have Sabaya, all right, solid, and Brandon. Oh, Brandon. His third puzzle. Can he turn things around? Uh, no. I tried so hard. No, ultimately, Brandon sucks on this puzzle. He gets verbally frustrated. Sabaya gets verbally frustrated with him. And they start of kind of subtly yelling and complaining each other. Below whatever lead they had so badly. Uh, and as you sort of referenced before, there are moments where Brandon is working on the puzzle. And Sean's like really tr- doing his best as a principal to talk to a child. Um, uh we just have to make sure that the lines and the shape, you know, He's look, like, look at the lines of the tree. It's a tree. So they go out from the center. They and, go out from the center. And you can see the puzzle that Brandon is working on that he constantly is trying over and over again. The tree is obviously going up like most branches do. And his puzzle, the branches are going to the right. Like so, perpendicular. To perpendicular. The- it's not even, he's not even, he's just picking up a piece, putting it next to the puzzle. He's not looking at what's on the piece as well as the shape of the piece. And again... 
He's when just you're picking up something. When you're doing competitive puzzle making, you got to be able to do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay? He's just looking. He's just picking up a puzzle piece, trying it. And if it doesn't work, putting it back. And Tobias like, oh, my God, dude, help me. Yes. Help me. He's like, I am. It's like, no, you're not. And like, ev- and everyone gets actively frustrated. There's a moment where Emily and Caleb and Sean all kind of look at each other like, what the hell is happening here? Why, why is he? This is so bad. Because And that's the thing. It's like, it, that's where I, I, I have a little bit of pushback on like a competi- lack of competitive puzzle making stuff or whatever. It is like, like, it is like completely missing key proponents of making a puzzle is looking at the puzzle yeah like it, it is it is so aggressively bad that it's like his his but your anxiety brain does weird things under pressure i understand that but it's like i'm just trying to say that he might be good at puzzles when he's sitting at home alone but but that's survivor what did you expect coming out here again i asked said this i'm not last saying week. that you're wrong i'm not saying i'm saying when he says, oh, puzzles are a thing, he might be really good at sitting at home doing a puzzle. But my but point is... But he did not account, and that we're agreeing, we're in agreement, he did not account for the fact that he's not good under pressure when he made that statement. My, that he, apparently, all logic leaves his brain when he's under pressure. That, But that's my point, is that if he was truly that good at puzzles, even when all logic goes at the brain, you would think that there is some sort of innate puzzle skill in the recesses of his mind that would come out and still be able to accomplish anything like it's just like he he can't do it at all like it's it's looking at it is like looking at someone that's never done a puzzle and it's like yes he could be anxiety ridden he could be stress ridden and he could not be competitive at all in puzzle making but if he truly was that great at it then maybe something would have happened and nothing happened. What if we just chalk it up to the fact that he didn't bring a hair tie and he couldn't see the puzzle? I think he's wearing jeans too. Uh, Dude, pull the hair back. Like, I know know you got, like, he has, I don't know how his hair looks so clean and, like, voluminous on the island, but it does. But, like, dude, pull the hair back. You can't see a damn thing. You're constantly, he's constantly moving his hair. Like, I... That's why we put our hair in ponytails when we're doing competitive things, so we can see. Yeah. And so the hair doesn't get in our way. Yeah, this guy is... Like, I get it. You have great hair. Pull it back. Look at the puzzle piece. Reba wins. <laughs> Bella gets second. Lulu is awful. Uh, oh. Everyone gets their stuff. Lulu, again, this is another loss for Lulu. They have yet to win their flint, so they are in going into day five right now. Uh, continuing with no flint. So they're going to go into day six, day seven. I don't know when the next challenge is going to be without any fire. Yeah. And they're going to have to figure something out. Just smash, at this point, by the way, smash rocks. You got to do something. Because you got you need to well, you need to Brandon do Well, Brandon was trying to start fire with his glasses. <laughs> that, which is possible. It's it's possible, but it's such like a Lost Boys sort of like... Uh, but they have no other option. At Lord of the Flies situation there. At least he's trying something. Science, man. Okay, can we talk about this whole like laborious debate over Emily versus Brandon? Well, I get it. Should I lay out the context here um, of the debate? Uh, so we get to Lulu. Emily makes it very apparent that it's between her and Brandon. And by saying that, and by apparent, I mean she explicitly says that it's between her and Brandon. 
So Sean, Caleb, and Sabaya all kind of go off and have a discussion about who should go. The conversation kind of comes down to Brandon is so bad at these challenges that we that he is ultimately dead weight and we need to cut this guy. However, he is loyal to us and that is another member of our alliance. That being said, if you vote out Emily, you only have four people of that alliance left, so you're going to have to vote out somebody anyways. And it's probably going to be Brandon. Emily, the discussion is, we really don't like her. And that's Sabia's main discussion. Caleb and Sean are kind of okay with it. They seem more in line with uh, wanting to win fire and everything, or at least that Sean thing. Caleb, obviously, in this episode, has some inroads with Emily. But it kind of comes down to, we really just don't like Emily. And I don't. And well, for Sabia, Tobias- I don't trust her. I was going to say, Sabaya's biggest point is I don't trust her. Here's my thing. Let me get up on my little soapbox, nope, right? She's, oh, she's on a soapbox. I get when the conversation is, is between... Is that Dawn? Soapbox? Between trust and loyalty. Like, oh, this person's not great at challenges, but they're really loyal, and we can trust that what they tell us is, like, they give us their word, whatever. That only works when the person you're talking about is not the active reason that you keep losing and don't have fire and your tribe is dwindling. Like, and are in this position to begin with. Right. Like with Tika, that was a constant conversation and I think it was more valid because it wasn't a single one of them. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that they were, they started out, they lost pretty quickly, they dwindled, and then they were up against two very strong tribes. Well, well fed, well, yeah. you know, everything. So, like, it wasn't like, oh, this person is dragging us down because they are always the reason that we're losing. Mm-hmm. Right? It's more balanced of a conversation there. Like, you can then balance the person's value of loyalty versus, oh, challenge person is like, because you've had this person, you don't have an active person, like, basically anchoring you to the losing position where, like, that one person being good at challenges isn't as big of a deal. But in this situation, it is a big deal because you need to win and you have one person who's actively anchoring you to the losing position. You have to cut them loose. And yes, you like them. Their social game is is good or you uh, you get along with them well. Yeah. And you don't trust this other person. But none of that matters if your tribe before the merge is two people. Yeah. Like, you won't have a tribe anymore. Yeah. And, like, you can say Brandon is loyal all you want, but he is the active person that is, like, holding you back. Whereas in, like, Tika, again, it wasn't, like, one person. It was just their situation. So it was more of a valid conversation when they had that conversation versus Mm -hmm. when now it's, like, you don't have a choice. Yeah. If you want fire and you want to not be in the losing position every time, you don't have a choice. You have to trust Emily. And that being said, even if you vote out Brandon, you're still in the majority alliance, a three versus mm-hmm. one. Like, then just vote out Emily next if you lose again. Yeah. Like, that. That it's as simple as that. Or better yet, you'll win and have fire and then maybe whatever the next reward is. Yeah. Which could be, you know, a, a, a basket of fruit or something. Or like, you know... Any of the sandwiches stuff that they have. Like, they, they actively have barely any food. They need fire. They need all this other stuff. It, it, you need a win. Yeah. Most importantly right now is tribe survival. Yeah. And, and I think... And, and, and getting rid of someone because you don't trust them versus getting rid of someone because you aren't be able to feed your tribe or stay warm or do all this stuff is more... It is insane. 
Yeah. It's insane. And, and, and I think Sabaya's dislike of Emily is fully clouding her judgment uh, when it comes to this vote, despite her not having a vote. Yeah. And it's just a huge That's part of wild. I And I think, like, Sean was the one that vocalized it of, like, but we can't get anywhere yeah. with Brandon. Yeah. We can't take him. It's not like he's, you know, a player we can take with us because we're going to keep losing. Yeah. Uh, so Sean, Caleb, and Sabaya, they sort of mentioned that Sabaya doesn't have a vote and they, she should really find her idol so that she can have her vote back. Um, uh, so they go look for the aisle. Uh, so she can get the U vote back. I thought this was unnecessary, by the way. Uh, she doesn't really need her vote here, as we kind of proved. Is you know either it is three on Brandon or uh, two to one on Emily or something. Maybe they thought that like Emily would get desperate and try to find it on her own. And maybe that's what they thought. But as far as they know, and maybe it's something that will get revealed later on interviews and stuff. But as far as we know in the audience, Emily has no clue where the idol is. Um, and no, and seemingly there also could be more advantage of it, advantages, but as far as we know, Emily has none. She has nothing. They don't know that, uh, and maybe that's what it is, um, but they at least think that getting Sabia uh, the idol and the um, uh, vote would be better. Now, there's also another part to this. What are the chances that they wanted to get the idol? I mean, this doesn't even make any sense. What are the chances that Sabia wanted to get the idol just so she can play the idol for Brandon? Or something crazy like that. Despite her own alliance voting for Brandon, she uses an idol to save him, and Emily is the one that goes home. Do you think Mm -hmm. Sabia could have been so clouded in her judgment that she makes that sort of move uh, to protect Brandon, waste an idol, and to get Emily out. I hope not. Yeah, I don't. I think that's so illogical. I don't think that would make any sense in the world. But it, even then, so even then, it's like she's just looking for the idol just to get her vote back. And even in then, it's a vote where she her vote isn't needed truly. So I, I think it's kind of a waste. Um, Sabaya ultimately figures out the puzzle. Uh, Sabaya, Sean, and Caleb, I should say, figure out the puzzle. Uh, and she gets her idol. JK is just sort of another clue. And that is the fact that the her idol is actually in a wax candle. And ironically enough, she needs to melt it to get her idol inside. How do you melt a candle? Fire. What do they not have to start a fire? They're flint. So they can't start a fire, which means she can't get her idol, which means... Sabaya has no vote until they just... she has no vote until they win. I've never seen a clearer sign of who to vote out than uh Sabia is basically being told you cannot win until you cannot get your idol and vote until you win. And Here's... right now, Brandon's not winning. Yeah. Here's what you do. You take it to tribal, throw it on the coals. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. Or you leave it out in the sun and hope that Emily doesn't find it. Or if you don't win the next challenge, maybe that there's like a torch or something hanging around the challenge that you could volunteer to sit out and you slip it on in there. (laughs) Or um, what if you take a machete to it? Just kind of hack at it until you get to the idol inside. And then leave it out in the sun to... 
melt the rest off? Maybe. I mean, like, you just have to get... It's just inside of it. Melting it is one idea, but there's other ways to maybe get inside that candle. Yeah. And maybe it's taking a machete. Um, Emily does a very insanely bold move to earn trust, and that is that she gives her shot in the dark to Sabaya. Um, I wrote down WOW in all caps here. So to earn trust and know that I, I fully trust you and I want to work with you guys, here's my shot in the dark. I obviously will not be playing it tonight. So I trust that you guys won't vote me out, and I hope this is a, a, a physical item to uh, to show my trust. Sabia takes it uh, and says, all right, sure, sure, sure. And then privately to Sean says that she's kind of ready to cut Emily anyways. You know, hook, line, and sinker, I believe she says. I have her shot in the dark. It's the easiest thing right now to vote her out. Sabia really gunning for Emily here. Uh, and doing so, she sort of realizes that in conversations with Caleb and Sean, that they're kind of going up to her and being like, well, what do you want to do? And Sabia says, despite not having a vote, it kind of feels like she is in control of the tribe and she enjoys that control. So it kind of seems like it's going to her head a little bit. Oh, for sure. Just like Bruce. Um, Tribal Council. Uh, Sabia is asked about Hannah uh, and kind of uh, just kind of says that uh, her vote was actually going to be for Emily last week. Uh, which is kind of a shocker because we both assumed that it would have been for Brandon, actually. Um, but it would have actually been, assuming Caleb as well, and maybe Sean would have all voted for Emily last week. Uh, and you would also assume Brandon would vote for Emily yeah. as well. Uh, so Emily would have been going home week one, but she survived that because Hannah quit. And as we find out in this episode, uh, she survives week two. So she's making it in by the skin of her teeth. Um, Brandon. Well, I don't think by the skin of her teeth, I think is not giving enough credit to how much so week Emily... one is skin of her teeth. Yes. Week two, I think is not giving enough credit to how much Emily has put in to making amends with her tribe. Correct. I would also say that it, that becomes a question of are those inroads and everything enough to against Brandon's just piss poor gameplay. Um, Sorry, Brandon. Uh, to Jeff, the entire Lulu tribe kind of make it clear that it's between Emily and Brandon. Uh, and they sort of talk about how they kind of just, it was just like, hey, go off and talk about them. I was kind of upset by, it feels like both Brandon and Emily just kind of resided in the fact that it's them. And they didn't really want to make any moves to try to vote out someone else. Like, these are two people that know that they're in the bottom. Is there any... And they accept that they're on the and bottom. And they accept that they're on the bottom. Is there any possibility that they could work with a Caleb or maybe a Sean to get out a Sabaya or Caleb or Sean? Is there any world where they could have worked with these people and try to flip it and try to work these things to make sure they save themselves? Maybe. A better strategic player would have done that. But these guys aren't good strategic players, as Caleb has even said about Emily and have we stated about Brandon. Well, Brandon has a little bit of good strategy in terms of risk assessment, but not in terms of flipping people seemingly. Um, granted, they're both in the place of, uh, as a very big uphill climb to try to convince people to keep you after being so annoying, so too clearly bottom people, but a better player would have found a way to flip it. And they just kind of resided in that fact. And I'm kind of upset by, again, the lack of, you know, you stated it when I mentioned to you while we were watching the episode, they just kind of like accepted what was happening. They never went on the attack of trying to save themselves. They just kind of were like, all right, this is what it is. Yeah. And everything from there was defensive. 
Um, Brandon tries to sell himself at good at puzzles despite being bad. Uh, and Sabia kind of calls him out on that and says, you know, he says that like, you know, I messed up on the individual puzzle. I messed up on this puzzle. Maybe they're just not my thing. And Sabia says, but you said you, but you said they were your thing. So then what is your thing? Which is kind of what the conversation becomes with Sabia and Brandon is like, but that's the thing. You said they were your thing. So what is your thing? If it's not puzzles, if it's not the challenges and we're losing challenges, what do you have to offer us? And he never really answers that question because I think Brandon knows his times are, the, the clock is ticking on him. Yeah. Uh, Sean and Caleb compliment em- Emily on turning things around socially. Uh, Jeff tells Brandon this little story about him uh, trying out for the JV basketball team, not making it because he can't do a left-handed layup, uh, but ultimately because he was so liked by this team that he is the water boy. So he... Jeff was the water boy? Yeah, so Jeff dubs Brandon the water boy oh. of Lulu. But what can the water boy offer a tribe? What can the... I wrote down, what's the point of the water boy if you have no fire? So, uh... That uh, kind of leads into the vote, the first vote of the season. Uh, Brandon gets voted out unanimously, three to zero. Only the only votes that matter here are Emily, Caleb, and Sean, and they all vote for Brandon. So that is done. That is written off. Brandon time. Um, any last thoughts about this episode, or any last thoughts about Brandon? Is there anything Brandon could have done differently? I don't think no. so. I don't think so. No, and I think I'm proud of him for sticking it out for five days or four days or how many days. I think it was five. Yeah. Um, and pushing through and, you know, having that realization on the first day of like, this is so much harder than I had let on, like let myself believe it would be. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe I'm not fully equipped to do this, but still pushing through and doing your best and like, you know... Yeah, I I think that he should be proud of the fact that he pushed through. Yeah, he did his best, and yeah, it's a it's clearly a game that's not for him, and he can still love it and still be proud of the fact that he made it there. Yeah, and made it not only made it past one tribal and made it five days, and got a chance to live his dream. And I think he should be proud of that. I think he should, and I think that is. I think that's the only thing you're proud of. I think is King Flay was really bad this episode. Well, yeah, but like coming into it and and realizing it on day one that like you're not equipped, yeah, to do this and it's not for you. Yeah, I but think still pushing through and doing his best and making like trying to do his best with all the time that he had there. Would you want to see Brandon come back for like an all star sort of? Uh, uh, season or you know just like a a returning player sort of season do you think he has earned the invite because ultimately there's something there's something to it of like maybe he can come back have a better understanding of his anxiety have get himself in better physical shape uh better emotional mental standard but at the same time i almost don't want to put this guy through it again because no i think and it seemed like he was satisfied yeah He, he got he lived his dream he knew that he got on the show. It wasn't... He knew after a day or two it wasn't going to be... He wasn't going to be the sole survivor. And I think it kind of showed he stopped looking at winning the game and just experiencing it. 
Yeah. I and think, I think that's all you can do. I think somewhere in that first couple days. Because he doesn't want to quit. Yeah, I think I think after this first couple of days, he he really wanted to be here and really wanted to play the game, but I think at some point, and I don't necessarily know where it was, but I think it he really accepts the fact that my time here is over, mm-hmm. and I'm. I feel I'm like it's on. after he risked his vote and he didn't win. Yeah, because like had he had an idol, he might have made it further, but like I think he knew. That this was the point where it's like, okay, this is, it's all about the experience now. Yeah. It's all about me making the most of the time I got left here. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, ultimately did not work out for him. No. Um, should he have played a shot in the dark? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, who knows? He, well, he didn't know he couldn't because he doesn't have a vote. So he couldn't even do a shot in the dark. Yeah. Cause you can't risk what you don't have. Yeah. So. It is what it is. Uh, Brandon goes home. A player, I did not enjoy his gameplay, but I can at least, like you said, respect his gunning out for five days and doing this experience. Um, that being said, hopefully, Lulu can no longer be the Lulu losers. Uh, they can no longer be delusional. Uh, they can try to finally get some wins and, more importantly, get their fire. He's been waiting like a whole day to say that. <laughs> um... Last, before we go, got other things. Uh, so we obviously have our tribe here. So I luckily swapped out Brandon last second, last week's episode, uh, for Kelly. Uh, so I didn't lose another player. But our teams uh, for our Survivor Series teams are, of course, uh, you have Sabaya, Katora, Jake, Drew, Jay, Maya. You did not swap out anyone last week. No, I should have swapped out Jake. He's going, he's going down based on that preview not looking good for him oh but okay so i hope he's okay and all but if he gets treated for a medical emergency i get 10 points if he's sent home i get another 15 points you really want this guy to just die out here no i i hope he's fine i hope he's okay uh that being said (laughs) i would get 10 points if they called in medical uh my team is brando julie kelly and caleb uh so looking at it uh, we are all basing this off of the global t- dot TV or global TV.com, whatever it is. They have that survivor fantasy pool thing, and that's where they have a giant list of points. Last week I was off a different website, but I didn't understand it, couldn't comprehend it. It didn't make it didn't make any sense to me. So we found a better one that kind of promotes it has a lot more points, and it sort of also promotes like a more interesting when you're doing more interesting stuff for making better television or all this other stuff. Uh, then, uh, you know, if, if you make better television, you get more points. And I, and I kind of like that idea better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, last week we had a bunch of points in a weird way. I actually got more points last week than you did, despite losing someone. Cause you had two people cry on TV. Correct. The mundo. Um, but now, uh, that we have different teams. So according to it, uh, on my team, we'll go first. Brando gets 11 points. So does Julie. So does Kelly for this episode uh, for this episode correct and then Caleb just gets one point for surviving the week Uh, he didn't really do anything else beyond that you don't get any points for trying to coach a uh, tribe member to be a better player sadly Um, for on your team Jake J Maya and Katora all get 11 points that's basically I got winners baby all those 11 point peoples are pretty much uh winning the reward challenge winning the immunity challenge which obviously were the same thing and surviving a week so they all get 11 points 
You also had Sabaya got 16 points because she found an idol. Um, and then Drew gets 21 points uh, because he did a bunch of crap. Um, I got 70 points this episode. I got winners on my team. Yes, so this episode you have 70 points. I got 34 points, bringing our grand totals for this season so far uh, as I have 88 points and you have 105. Yeah. So that is... Triple digits, baby. You're the trippy dig. The trippy digies. Trippy digies. Uh, so congratulations for you so Thank far. You. Episode Thank two. You. Like, I only pick winners. Like we said, uh, it's looking, you know, Lulu looks to be gunning for some reason. Caleb next episode. Jake actively falling and all this stuff. So there's some concerned medically maybe jake's gonna be gone jake might get you a bunch of points but if he goes home then you lost a person and i was gonna swap him out and you were gonna swap him out too um so that remains to be seen i mean anyone else on our team i think brando's good i think julie's an ex- good alliance you know brando and, and kelly are two people i have in the power position so that's a great spot for me julie i think is in a strong alliance on reba uh, and Caleb is the only person that's like weirdly on the outs now with Sabaya, maybe P- potentially who knows what's happening in that preview. Uh, Sabaya is also on your team. Maybe they flip it and throw it on her. Um, Katora, maybe on blue. Oh, that's one thing I meant to say when Bruce went on that journey. I feel like that was Katura's opportunity to turn the whole trap against Bruce. Agreed. And I don't, they didn't show it. They didn't show anything. So, like, I don't know if she did, but I feel like that, that was her opportunity. And I hope she... They didn't show any camp life of any... Of I don't believe they showed any camp life of people who weren't on the journey. I think it's just they went yeah. to the journey, they did their thing, they came back, and then that was it. Listen, I, I know that, like, producers probably think it's boring to not do as much of, like... To do more camp life, but I honestly like... It sounds like it's more like the studio thing finds okay. it boring, but we'll continue. But whatever, the, whoever thinks it's boring, but the, I think previous seasons, like, I didn't really connect with as much because, like, I think the whole point is it's it's a, a experiment, like, social experiment. It's, like, people living together, interacting together from, like different walks of life they get like stuck together and they have to work together as a team and like strategize against each other too the challenges are a small part of that yeah and i think it started to feel like a sports highlight reel and not like reality television yeah you don't really get a lot of character development which i think is the core part of this show and like what they have to argue in the end and i think that's part of what contributes it to contributes to the fact that everyone thinks it's the era of big moves it's like because that's all they show on tv yeah they don't show a lot of the camp life a lot of the social aspect yeah they show the big moves they show the big blow-ups they don't they weren't showing a lot of like the in-between which is i think where all the hard work is yeah and i think this season so far i i don't i don't recall where i was in previous seasons but i have a i think i know every single person on every single tribe and i know at least something uh in regards to every single Which person we could go back and listen to our podcast in the last season there we would get like six or seven episodes in and be like who the frick is this person yeah i don't know yeah and uh, uh podiatrist josh yeah we're like who the frick is josh he's like he hasn't been on screen this entire time yeah and i think i feel like i have a clear understanding and clear grasp of everyone and have at least a one understand jay maya and, and Julie have been like barely on television, but Jay, my understanding that she's obviously a singer, but also she, 
is trying she's good at puzzles or is active in trying to do this stuff she so she is aware of these sort of things and she's actively trying yeah. to solve these things and G- i think G- kelly not kelly uh julie put together a strong alliance in reba you yeah. know so i think she's uh good as well yeah and i think like if they don't want people to think that this is all just the era of big moves part of what contributes to that is showing more camp life because they're not going to make they're not going to make an effort they're not going to think it's an important part of the game people watching the show if you don't as like producers think that it's an important part of the game yeah if you think the only important part of the show is the challenges and the big moves that's what people are going to prioritize i agree and then they don't put as much stock into the rest which i think is equally as important and then you don't have an audience confused like why the frick is this person saying they that that they're good at this they're not but we don't see it yeah you know what i mean uh going back to your team i think sabaya unless it gets turned on her i think she'd be fine or or if she gets her idol then she's definitely fine uh uh katora unless bruce somehow flips on her or whatever i don't really know uh i don't really get that vibe um jake in the preview it looks like he has might have a medical issue so maybe he's going home because of that other than that the girls alliance doesn't really like jake they're going to vote him out so he might be going home uh i think he's on your team the most likely to go home drew seems completely safe he has an advantage he's in a strong alliance and jay maya is on the outs of reba but i, I get the impression that they're going to go for sifu first um uh mvp let's talk about mvp who we think was the most valuable player it should be mvs most valuable survivor uh on this episode (laughs) who do i like who do i like there's something to be said about emily Mm -hmm. um still lost and still done on these things but there's something to be said about emily um because she did find a way to survive um there's something to be said about Drew. He was on a winning team. He got the, uh, you know, uh, uh, an advantage. He successfully got an advantage and was on the journey and everything. There's uh, something you said about Caleb for helping to Emily navigate the, like, turnaround yeah. with the tribe. Yes, if, if Emily did as well, then there's something to be said as Caleb who kind of helped her and guided her to doing better. Um, Kelly and Brando in the power position. Um, that's always helpful as well. Um, and of course, they're also on a winning team there as well. Um, again, uh, how we're going to work this as well is I think we're just going to give whoever we pick an MVP a bonus five points. Um, I think Jeff should get the MVP for creating a puzzle that no one's seen before. <laughs> we didn't talk about that but that is a great new aspect for this show carson you ruined it for everybody man <laughs> yes carson seemingly ruined it for everybody i have an idea for an mvp do you do you have a pick so part of me just wants to give it to kendra to help her recover from that you know smattering she took on the <laughs> ballot speech. might be fair um it has to be a mutual agreement to get the five points, right? I think what we should do is we will both say name at the same time. Uh, whatever name we say gets a bonus five points. And if we say the same name, then that person gets 10 points. Is that fair? 
Sure. But and, and these people are obviously not necessarily on our team. We're just thinking holistically as uh, across the entire episode. Can D's toe get an MVP award? If you think it deserves it, if you think it deserves it, um, ha- that will only be 120th. She gets 120th of five points in that case, or 10 points, uh, because only her toe gets it. Um, or 220th, 110th maybe. Uh, but I have an idea on MVP if you have a pick. I do too. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, Drew. Emily. Oh, why do you say Emily? Um, I think that she is definitely most improved. Um, I think that her willingness to turn this ship around was invaluable to her tribe in making it possible for them to choose Brandon. True. That's fair. They made it, it and a unanimous vote made it very clear that they were going yes. full on Brandon. I think that had Emily not made strides, it would have been a bigger decision, especially for Sabaya. And I think that um, Emily being willing to be a team player and to try and make amends definitely helped solidify the fact that Brandon was going home. And I think they that's all fair. It. I think that's all fair. I went with Drew because he, similarly, I voted on Austin last week. He uh, successfully went on a journey and got himself an advantage uh, and learned more about the Lulu tribe in the process. Um, He, with Julie, and I would say more Julie, but with Julie, was able to be in the Power Alliance on Reba. Uh, He won the Reward and Immunity Challenge of his tribe. And he ultimately uh, also was able to figure out, find out that Austin also has an advantage and has a further, further strength bond. So he, I think, had a fantastic episode uh, in terms of great gameplay. Sure, Uh, I'll take your five points. Yeah, ultimately, what I just did is give you more, more points. So Drew now has twenty six points. I could have voted for my own player, but I didn't. I didn't mostly because I. My gut said Emily, so... And that's fine. I want this to go through your gut. And maybe we should definitely do that before we read the point totals and everything. Um, yeah. So that makes you have... 20, Drew has 26 points. It makes you have 76 points this episode. 76 points? 75 75 points, points yes. Uh, and your points to date are now... I mean, I'll take 76. No. Uh, and your points to date are you now... You guys heard it. 76 points. 76 trombones. That's what I was thinking of. 76 trombones. Uh, 110 points is what you have versus my 88. So it is only a difference of 32, 28, 20, 30, 22, 22, 22. How many points do I have? 110. I believe it's a 22-point difference. And you have 88? Yeah, I believe. Uh, so it's still kind of anybody's game. Um, if if Yeah, but I came back from being how many behind? Uh, like 10 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of still anybody's game. It's only going to get worse and harder for me by having four people versus your five. Um, but if one of your people go home this next episode, that'd be better for me. You mean me. if Jake goes home? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. Well, we've been going for over the length of the episode itself. So oh. uh, let's close out here. Uh, anything, uh, what have you been enjoying in this past week, Jesse? What, what have you done or anything that you've been listening to, watching, working on that you've kind of enjoyed in this past week? Um, when did we record? Monday? I've been working. I've been working. I've been working. I've, been working. Uh, I've decided I'm going to learn how to sew pillow covers. You've decided that? Yeah. 
because uh, that's fun, and I have a hoard of fabric at work that I'm not allowed to buy until I make something. Um, I'm really just like really into Thundercat Radio on Spotify. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy that you said that. I'm... I so we had a volunteer in, and he was like, I was like, we need some music. Like, do you have any? preferences like no and i was like okay like i've been playing thundercat radio recently and he's like who's that and i was like or they were like describe his music and i was like i can't funky soul i was like you just need to listen to it and then i played it and he was like oh i love this (laughs) and the thing about thundercat radio at least on the youtube music which we don't use anymore we use spotify yeah was like you get a lot of everything on there sure 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 which there, is nice. Spotify has a new feature where you can do like smart playlists where it would take a playlist of music and like filter in similar sounds, similar genre stuff. Isn't that what the radio was supposed to be? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what that is? Seemingly. Uh, but the, the radio is still a, a curated playlist. Sure. Um, uh, so there's there's that. That's true. Um, what is your plugs? I don't really got any plugs. I think I'm anything. I'm just gonna say uh, I appreciate strong unions. Uh, I am very happy that the writers have gotten a deal. Oh, yeah. And the this and by time we recorded, um, they got a very very great deal. I'm very to be very excited. Um, and at, you know, as of a recording, we're recording this on Friday. Uh, this is the third day of the SAG negotiations for the actors. Um, they've already scheduled for monday too, and they also so. scheduled for monday i thought it was very interesting that they scheduled friday and monday as the next time they knew that today was not going to be enough and they'll have to come back to monday so Look, it might be a good reason I, it that, might be like they have a lot of fine print to go over i read that as good rather than bad only because if it was bad why would you schedule two days unless it was really it feels bad like they thought... had a lot of like fine print to work out and they knew that they would have a couple rounds back and forth yes that's that's how i'm also hopefully reading it knock on wood of course but uh you know obviously i'm very happy that the writers are working on it the studio heads are basically working directly with the unions they're kind of putting the amptp aside and working directly with the actors to get better things for the actors i think if the actors can get a strong deal as well coming out on monday uh and then we have these strikes over our jobs can come back around and i am obviously very very hopeful and excited uh about that that'd be very nice that'd be very nice both in terms of my sanity and my financial uh woes um but yeah so i'm very happy and great strong unions there's no reason to not have a union there's no reason not have a strong union uh because that is really realistically unions are the only ways uh that workers can make sure that we don't get in the situation we're in now where uh the one percenters have a crap ton of money uh, if you want to make sure those one percenters don't have a crap ton of money, unionize and make sure well, you get your like money. also like have a crap ton of money on the backs of people doing the work for them that aren't getting paid a fair wage. Exactly. So if you want to... It's like they're profiting so much off of people working for so little. And if you want to make sure that you can... What's the best way to stop that? It is to unionize and to have a strong union that can... Uh, to, to ensure that you get paid properly... Um, you know, because that's the thing that's going to happen with the, all these studios. We're kind of already seeing ramifications of that, of, uh, you know, 
you know these subscri- these uh, streaming services upping their prices and locking down a password sharing and doing all these different things. We're already seeing ramifications of the writer strike and their deal. Um, we're already seeing those sort of things. So yeah, it, what what that means is these deals hurt the bottom line of these major industries. If you want, if you think they're too have too much power and control and too much money, unionize, baby. That's what you gotta do. So I'm all about it right now, uh, and I appreciate the writers and hopefully the actors getting a great deal but hopefully i didn't jinx anything and hopefully they get a good deal uh coming out of it uh knock on wood please thank you knock on wood uh thank you beanie uh that is it for this week's episode of survivor series (laughs) (laughs) never do that again how dare you young lady um I should say this at the top of the episode to make sure we get that plug in and people don't uh, skip out uh, when they are listening back to the episode. But we do just want to say, if you have any emails or anything and you want to contact us, uh, any email question, thoughts about what we talked about or thoughts about next episode or any thoughts at all, um, you can email us at scurvivorseries at gmail.com. And of course, that is S-C-U-R-S-C-U-R-S-C-U-R-S-C-U-R-S-C-U-R-S-C-U-R-S-C-U-R-S-C-U-R-S-C-U-R-S-C-U-R-S-C-U-R-S-C-U-R-S-C-